right, what does yours say? I quite like mine. I've been attacked. Is that what it says? No. We're reading fortune cookies, FYI. Low fat, whole wheat, green tea. <laughs> Are you sure that's not like the side that's like how to speak Chinese? No, the other side says, how about another fortune? <laughs> and you're like, yes, I would. Secondfortune.com. Wow, that really is a very sassy fortune. What does yours say? Mine, on the other hand, is quite nice. Happier days are definitely ahead for you. Struggle has ended. Sounds like you need to start, you know, refining what you put into your temple, bitch. According to that fortune cookie, that fortune cookie is like, you just ate some greasy shit. Maybe you should stop. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should send me your thing. Oh, yeah, I gotta send the thing. This is Basic Snitches. Did you send it? Yeah, today we... Are you sure? I'm positive. There it is. Don't open it. Ready. Cool. We got stuff to talk about. Put down your phone. You got winner loser. We got to talk to the people. Well, how are you doing? I'm all right. I just got attacked by a fortune cookie. (laughs) (laughs) My self-esteem just plummeted. I feel great. My fortune cookie was like, y'all are good. I tried in my costume for Clue today and it fit and it, it looks good, but I just, you know, costumes make me meh. I watched a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race today. Oh, and played some Animal Crossing. I literally left my house at like five something and haven't seen it since. I, I did not have to put on the costume. I'm wearing exactly what I wore when I woke up. We are having two kind of different days. We are very different days. Today, could it could have been better, but... Well, it's true. How do you feel now? How, do you feel good? Are you like, whew, this day is over? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad day. It was just a long day. But I have had Chinese food and wine. wine. And that's it. Are you expecting more? Do you want me to bring you something else? What would you like? Do you have would you like me to make you a souffle? No, I don't want anything else. Jeez, I'm stuffed from Chinese. Yeah, the Chinese food is dull. Like, don't eat a souffle, fatty. <laughs> That's not me telling you a fatty. You know that, right? <laughs> it's the fortune cookie. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> I would like a soup. I don't know what a souffle tastes like, but I know they can be chocolate. <laughs> so, chapter 21, winner or loser. It's not that exciting. The winner is Hermione for her good intentions and also for not doing what I forgot she didn't do and I was expecting her to do, which was go down and be pushy. She really was more collecting data and taking Harry to see Dobby. And I appreciate that. The only one she's really pushes is Winky. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's love. more persuading rather than pushing. Yeah, yeah, like I think you're right. There. But again, I'm I'm always going to stand by the fact that she's got great intentions. So I don't want to punish her for doing it wrong because she doesn't have her resources. And I really just I think she's lovely in the chapter. And she'll learn more. The loser of the chapter is actually Mr. Crouch. Because he done fired Winky, and now Winky's sad. Basically. And he's friends with Bagman and Winky's like Bagman a bitch. And at the end of the day, Crouch is not a bad guy. He's not a likable guy. Yeah, I was just going to say, he might not be a bad guy, but he he is fucking lame. Well, and that's my thing is that he lays into this toxic, brainwashing, institutionalizing part of the lives of house elves. He's from this old, rich fucking family. And it's just part of that. He's a gross, toxic addition to everything, I guess. Just like your cats. Yeah, my cats are shitting. My cats would like you to know 
<laughs> that they are now unloading a dump into one of their boxes. And they have stopped because I feel like they realize that I am airing the dirty laundry. <laughs> Speaking of airing dirty laundry, would you like to read my thing? This is of chapter 22. 22. The Unexpected Task. Yes. We didn't mention that yet. Go ahead. That's okay. Okay. Chapter 22. The Unexpected Task. Teenagers. Eye roll. How does it feel, baby? How does it feel, baby? Well, it feels like I did it first, so mine was funnier. Uh, too bad I did it shorter. And later, when you were like, oh my God, mine is one word instead of two, I would like to remind you that mine was also one word and an action because there were asterisks around eye roll. But I mean, obviously our listeners cannot see your eyes roll. But mine wasn't one word. Mine was longer than I yours. know, but inevitably you will try this again and you will try to outbest me. This is me, competitive Adam, saying oh. this to somebody and who is probably not very competitive this at is, all. This is Tara, who is not a very competitive person, knowing that when I do do this again, it will be the right time and it will be amusing and well-used. This was the right time, amusing and well-used as well. I didn't say it wasn't. This chapter sucks. My opinion of this chapter. I am fascinated to why you hate this chapter because this chapter is real fascinating. I personally feel like this is where it feels more like a YA book than anything else. I'm not saying that YA fiction is bad. There are plenty of great YA fiction out there. I don't think that there's a problem with it feeling like a YA book because these are teenagers. They are teenagers. It takes me out of my fantasy. That's number one. Number two, I feel like the entire chapter is just, who are we going to take to the ball? And that's it. Okay. That's not necessarily true. There are nice little nuggets throughout here. Cat's deciding to poop again. You probably already realized that, but <laughs> just announcing it. Also, mm -hmm. one of them has a ball in there that's tinkling around. So we got two things tinkling around in the litter box right now. So the chapter starts with McGonagall being badass, calling boys out for being stupid. Uh, yeah, and the boys not at all doing what they should be. Why are they doing that in class? They're like sword fighting. Because they're fucking boys. That's, they should know better. Knowing better and not doing the thing that you shouldn't be doing are different things. McGonagall is correct. McGonagall's like, you fuckers, stop it. She is right. I'm going to rip your motherfucking head off. Now come over here. Y'all need to learn how to be dainty. Same sort of thing. Dainty, you know what I mean. Y'all need to dance. Y'all need to dance and be gentlemen. She kind of ends class early to talk about what's up and being like, we're going to have a dance. She's explaining what's going on. Some of the girls are giggling. It's annoyingly typical, I would say. I don't love that, but it, it is what it is. And then, like Adam said, that... We go into a chapter where everyone's like, oh my gosh, who are we going with? Who are you going with? Whatever. So you're not wrong about that. However, I think it's funny that she pulls Harry aside. He thinks he's going to be in trouble for fucking running class. And instead, she's like, now you uh, have to do this extra thing. You need to talk to a girl. And I'm sure Harry would be like, can I just have detention for fucking running class? To go back where you were like, I think it's fine to be UIA, this does bring things out a little bit more into the reality of the circumstances here in him being more terrified of having to ask a girl to a dance than fighting a dragon. I mean, he's already done that. Exactly. That's why it's a piece of cake at this. But it is that really refreshing reminder. This is where we are. These are who we are dealing with. 
it has this very like delightful juxtaposition. In that sense, I really do enjoy it. There are a few moments here where Harry just still doesn't understand. Hermione, Hermione, future Hermione. McGonagall is like, no, you need to find a date to dance with because you are a champion and this is how this dance opens yeah. and this is tradition and you're not fucking this up. It's kind of fun because I think McGonagall is very strict a lot of the times, but I always feel like there's a, a little bit of a leniency to her when it comes to Harry and she can't be like this and it's because of tradition. Not because he was fucking around in class, not because he broke the rules, because guess what? He's been doing that and she's been fine with it. It's literally about tradition at a school mm-hmm. dancing. The way that she talks about it, though, is still great. Like, her approach is still in that very <clears throat> mentorly way. Oh, yes. That's actually a really good, like, base of this chapter, because when we get into it about, like, oh, did you ask so-and-so, did you ask so-and-so, blah, 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 the journey of it isn't quite appealing to me. There are some nice things that we'll touch on. We do kind of get into what the student body's population's focus is, because it kind of went from, like, this competitive thing Potter stinks, blah, 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 the Daily Prophet articles, and now mm-hmm. it's all about finding dates. And, and I think that that's a very relatable thing. It makes sense. That's the correct trajectory. There's one student, though, who has not quite switched over, and that is Draco Malfoy, who still is like, ah, ha, ha, remember when Rita Skeeter wrote about Potter? And everybody is like, we moved on. Now we, all, right. now we only care about our hormones. Because... Draco is a terrible bully. In case we haven't mentioned that in, like, a couple episodes, he still sucks. He's also still obsessed with Harry. <clears throat> there was another moment, this point I can't even remember, because there are so many similar moments like this, where everybody else has moved on, but he's still focused on, like, ha Potter did this! And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Potter isn't even here. Potter isn't even, like, part of what we're talking about. Why are you bringing up Potter? Then Draco looks down, and he has a direction, and he's like, oh, whoops, sorry. Because he has a crush on Harry Potter. He might. I mean, I wouldn't put he a does. in. I think I went to like one middle school dance. Then I went to a formal dance with guy friends from camp or the guy I was dating when I was in high school. But this feels very accurate. When Harry's like, why do they move in packs? And like, you know, girls are just in a big clump together. And I get there's intimidation there. So. Yeah, I think so. The way it's written is very much like a middle school or high school. Yeah. My experience with this stuff, I remember middle school dances very much just being like, just come where whatever the fuck you want, there will be pizza. And we'll play the Spice Girls. Good times. Spice Girls. <laughs> that is very accurate dance. for middle school, okay? For high school, I kind of remember going to dances every year. When I was a freshman, I took a senior because both of us were like first, second chair clarinet, (laughs) which is the fucking nerdiest thing ever. I dated debaters in high school. It's fine. Really? I was a debater in high school. A mass debater. I guess what? I I am (laughs) I just did one of those. (laughs) I'm still one of those. She looked into the camera. I mean, I could not make that joke. I know, I know. Come on. And I could not respond that way. My junior year, I was on student council and we were in charge of doing the winter formal dance. And I took two ladies. Literally, our picture is like me in the middle with my arm around them being like, I'm gay, but nobody knows it yet. I mean, people certainly thought they cracked the code, but hey, guess what? 
nobody gets to know until I'm out. So people who are like, oh, I always knew, go fuck yourself. Who the fuck do you think you are if you say that about a gay person? No. Anyways, also the fun thing about that is that one of the people who I went with made her own dress out of curtains because the theme was medieval. It was like medieval oh, castle and fun. stuff. And we went to a Mexican restaurant, a restaurant that one day in the future when I was in college would give me terrible food poisoning. This is me narrating my own life. And then also, like, I was driving my mom's minivan, and they both sat in the back. And after we had that magazine food, they were very rowdy. And I was like, you better shut the fuck up, or I will turn this car around, and we will not be going to Winter Formal. And then my senior year for prom, I ended up not going to our prom. I went to Avon Lake's prom. And if y'all are in the Northeast Ohio area, y'all probably know Avon Lake is fancy. My high school's prom was at the same place that it always was, which is some like random ass generic wedding hall. Nothing too special. Avon Lake's prom was downtown in the BP building and it was very fancy and the food was very good and it was very beautiful. And then their after prom was at Dave and Buster's. Ooh, fun. So I win. <laughs> that was very nice. Our after prom was at the Health and Wellness Center in which I fast forward several thousand years or 15 years. Worked at for five years. <laughs> Our post-prom was totally at the Akron General Health and Wellness Center, which is where I worked. And what did you do there? Did you blow up condoms like a balloon and have I mean, I don't know. And the other parts of the building, people were still going to the ER. But no, there's a, the gym and stuff. It was like people went swimming and there was... I just love how there you're like, oh, in the middle of some person's coming through with a, like axe wound in their head. Uh, I remember having a Euchre tournament and they had the card tables placed on the track upstairs in which Mary Beth and I used to do our daily walks in the track. And sometimes I'd be walking the track with Mary Beth thinking, oh, I won a Euchre tournament here. Wow, that's lame. I wonder if they have an after, uh, what is this called? The gala, the ball? Ball? An after ball? An after ball. <laughs> so, I mean, technically, that's what I call like a nightcap. I have those all the time. That's not a hookup joke. I don't do hookup. You know what? I drink. I don't need dicks, okay? Me I don't either. <laughs> Blinkity clink. So, yeah. That's so not what I mean. Like a highball. Like I, high know. I know what you meant, but I couldn't help myself. Men are pigs. Yes. Except for me. So, yeah, it's very typical middle school-ish <laughs> dance bullshit. It really is. So here's my beef. Are you ready for it? All of the focus on what people look like. I know Hermione gets to have her meltdown about it, but here's the thing is that I want it earlier in the chapter. As soon as it starts being about what people look like, I want someone to come in there and just slap people upside the head. And for the most part, I'm like, oh, it's just Ron. It's just Ron. And then Harry has this thing where he's uncomfortable with a girl who's a foot taller than him. Now, yeah, he, it's like a fifth year. It also and... feels like maybe she was very... Bully. Scary. Yeah, like she was intimidating. Because like, then he says, imagine what it would look like dancing with her. And I'm like, Harry, I was going to give you a fucking like, pass. Like, who cares? Because you weren't being a douche. It was mm. just Ron, but... Mm. I mentioned in a few chapters ago, there's a lot of focus at that point about like, oh, Cedric is handsome, which seems to like take away from like his other aspects. And then they have the same thing about Crumb, but it's the opposite of how they are interpreting Cedric. And then there's the whole thing with Hermione, where Rita Skeeter calls Hermione beautiful. And then fucking, I can never remember her name, Pansy Parkinson? Yeah. She has to say something about it. Yeah, there's a lot of very, like, face-level 
appearance-related shit going on. This is also very real, and that is how people unfortunately behave and how kids unfortunately behave. I just get frustrated because I don't like it coming from the people we're supposed to be rooting for. It's like an underlying toxic trait. Hermione just calls Ron out on it. She's like, oh, she'll take the best-looking girl who have you. And he's like, yeah, that's it. Ew, that's disgusting. It does sort of like blow up in his face because ain't no girl gonna say yes. Yeah. And like, of course, at, this is at the end of the chapter. But mm -hmm. he asks Fleur out, and it's this whole to-do about, like, how he just couldn't help himself. And she's like, ooh, you're gross. Get away from me. <laughs> she didn't even give him that many words. She was just like, ooh. And then she's like, I'll no. see you two years when I start dating your brother. No, but I will fuck your brother later. Because <laughs> he is hot. <laughs> because he has a weird earring, and I like it. <laughs> that's that. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's the how that trajectory story goes. Fleur. <laughs> We told you it gets better. See, we're not there yet, but the movie... Aren't we not? Because, you know, the chapter is... I mean, that that's what this chapter is. We'll, we'll still talk more about the show, it. but... The movie makes it seem more and more like Harry is just this awkward little boy and nobody gives two shits about going to the ball with him. <clears throat> when in the book, I feel like it's very much not the case. Like, he has all these opportunities. Is he awkward? Yes. These girls ask him... Well, yeah, he was and asked like, by no. that one girl and he, he didn't even know how to respond. And he, like, turned her down before he had a second to think about it. Yeah. Now, that is relatable. As somebody who has not had a lot of luck with dating ever, prior to dates, even having panic attack. And so when something like that happens on the spot, just, like, being like, no, I need to go away. So I do like how the book talks about Harry not having much of an issue except for when it comes to Cho of course which in that case I wouldn't even say it's just an issue it's just an unfortunate circumstance of Cedric getting to Cho before I think I think that it's a hundred percent true that Cedric got to Cho first and had Harry asked her and I get it. I don't want to blame Harry for being nervous about trying to get the courage to ask this girl that he obviously finds attractive and, and wants to ask out anyway. It really, I think, does come down to that. But the fact that she's an older student, he's very aware of the fact that when people are cool with him, when people are nice to him, it's because we're all flying on this high of Harry being popular because of his fame. If he was not Harry Potter, he would be one of the least popular students in the school. I think he would be average because like he's an athlete at the very least. He has skill. He but would he not be getting out, nearly yeah. as much attention based on who he hangs out and with. And his best friends are Ron, who unfortunately has the twins to compete with, and Hermione, who is not liked by many people because she's a know-it-all. And like Malfoy would not nearly pay any attention but, to yeah. any of them. And that would be a whole different type of... It almost shows like popularity is not all that is cracked up to be. You don't need to be liked by everybody. You only need to be liked by really the people that you care about that are really at the core of your life. Yeah, if Harry wasn't famous, Draco would probably not even like pay that much attention to Hermione. No. He only took his attention to Hermione and Ron because they're attached to Harry. They might get a little bit one-off things like, oh, you're poor, oh, you're muggle-born, whatever. But I don't think it would be nearly... I think you're right. And like, actually, in the scheme of things, Draco might actually almost be more friendly with Harry. Possibly. Than anything. I mean, at that point, he has no issues. Snape wouldn't really care two shits about him either. Right. So there would be that. There is something to say about that. 
And then going back to Cho too, even though it is a circumstantial thing, I think Cho handles it very well and very like- I think Cho's very gracious. She really is. I do really enjoy Cho too. Like I wish we saw more of her out of this context. But I feel like the highest point of this chapter to me is when he is rejected because that is something that we've all felt and how like unfortunate it is at that age especially Mm -hmm. when it's like your first time and you really do have these very innocent butterflies. That moment I really, Well, and followed by that is another one of those things where it's very relatable because then Harry's got it in his head and he's just like, ugh. Cedric. Of course it's Cedric. Starting to like Cedric. And that's such a relatable thing too. This competition. At that age, especially. Yeah, it's just and it's not a vicious irritation with Cedric. It's mixed with his disappointment. It's like I hate to use the word again because I feel like I've used it 30 times already. It's circumstantial. It is. But it's also very relatable. Yeah, and then after that is when Ron asks Fleur. Fleur. There is also another asking outing that is very notable of course, and that is Neville. Is that what you you put well, your finger at? kind so. of. A prelude to Neville. When Harry tells them that he asked Cho, they're talking about how they thought that Fleur was turning on charm for Cedric, but Harry's like, well, you should worry about that because Cedric's going with Cho, and there's a tiny moment where Ginny looks upset for just a second, and I think that that's cool because it's just thrown in there, and then a few paragraphs later, you find out that Ginny is going with Neville. Yeah. Because I wonder if Ginny ever thought that she could have had a chance to go with Harry. I wonder if Ginny just assumed that he would just have someone right away. I think that's totally where Ginny is. This is another instance where it's like, don't worry, Ginny, you're going to catch that snitch, baby. Right. And you're going to produce some children with that snitch, too. Some fucking annoying children. That's right, with stupid names. It is charming. To me, like, it really is a lot of just teenage angst. But my thing aside, I do think that there's a lot of heart here and there's a lot of relatability and it's all very valid. It's kind of what happened in the movie with the whole scene where Hermione said, Pavardi told Dean, who told Neville, who told the blah, blah, that it's very... Ron is being so douchey here and he's like, well, Neville asked Hermione... And he's like laughing about it. And then he's like, she told him that she had someone because obviously she didn't want to go with Neville. And Ginny is standing right there and she's upset. And Ron doesn't know that Ron he Ron doesn't his know sister. that. And it's super douchey. Oh. It kind of blows up in his face. Because yeah. like at that age to be like, oh, you're dating my little sister. That's also a thing. I mean, it's going to a school dance, you know, and that's but still a, thing. Yeah. a school dance that you're going to be at. To be devil's advocate to Ron, there is the lovely moment where I think it's Fred asks Angelina. <laughs> yeah, which is a lovely, which is also ironic because George ends up marrying Angelina, of course. There is almost this competition with your brothers and sisters who are also going to this. Mm-hmm. Like, Ron has three siblings who are also going and like... Who all already have dates. Yeah, so there is that. Reading this chapter in the last chapter, I want justice for George Weasley. J.K. Rowling, the fucking author, and I'm naming the bitch now, did a terrible job of creating these characters. Fred says all the things and does all the things and has all the lines and gets all of this charm and whatever. And George doesn't. And by the time you get to the last book, I wonder if, had she killed George off, if anyone would have given a fuck. Had that's she a good killed point, George though. off, would, would people have been though. sad? I don't think I necessarily would even notice that like Fred gets to do all the things. I've really noticed it the last two chapters especially. Fred is the only one fucking talking. My instincts are just telling me that throughout the whole series, Fred gets most of the cool lines. He's 
kind of put a little higher than George. I can sort of see that. I want justice for George. They have this equal partnership. They have this great relationship. That is really insightful. I don't think I would have ever, like, actually noticed it. But it's cool, and it makes me want to see, like, how things unfold for the rest of the yeah. series. The note that I have about the twins is so less insightful, but we do have another moment of them, like, looking into business. And that's literally all I have to say well, about yeah. that. I told Tara a lot before we started recording, I feel like this chapter is fairly boring. I think we've delved into it enough where there is some, like, nice nuggets in there i did tell you that i promised conversation that i you would did. stir conversation there has been conversation it has been very nice cheers to me just a few other little notes before we get to the hermione thing which we should end on rita's new angle with hagrid in the interview i mentioned that in the last episode we really did talk about it in the last because i was thinking about the fact that we were in hagrid's class yeah. with rita it's weird that's another thing that i definitely want to look at more in terms of like how rita like changes her tune Eh, it's just an observation. Yeah. Eloise Midgen is brought up again, which is interesting. Justice for Eloise Midgen. Well, too, too bad for her. She ain't going to get it because the cat ate her nose. And then in potions, you mentioned classroom time. We do get yes. more, of course, classroom time in potions where they are doing antidotes. And it says something like Harry forgot his bezoar, which to me, and this is because I've gone to Harry Potter trivia. Who doesn't know what a bezoar is? I don't think Harry is saying he doesn't know what a of I know. what it is. He I'm making a joke it. because like it comes up all the time in trivia and stuff. What? Does it really? It all the time. A bezoar is a stone that's found in something a goat and some Because it's in the first it. book and then it's that fucking moment in the sixth book. Yeah. It's brought up all the time in like trivia and stuff. And really, those are my last notes. So Hermione, go off, baby. I was a teenage girl once and not at all like Hermione. You were? I know. I know. I, I, I know everyone like thinks that I'm like 765 years old. No, but... only 74. But... Oh, okay. My best friends were girls when I was 14 years old. Mine too, because I was gay then as well. My guy friends who I was friends with were gay. The story is filled with so many fucking straight people. So I've got feelings about that, but whatever. Her best friends are two straight, dumb, idiot Jocks. boys. Yeah, a jock, a wannabe jock, who's a fucking idiot. And she has a crush on him. We know she likes Ron at this point. If you're really paying attention, and she is hearing both of them, but more Ron, yes, be horrible about what girls look like. This is a girl who, even though she doesn't like to focus on it, in this book, her image has been attacked already. Yeah. Physically by Draco. And yeah. then Snape, as a fucking educator, I don't care how much you hate this kid. The way he handled that is awful. This is a girl who's now listening to the man she ends up fucking marrying. There's no way Ron does not get better. I'm sorry. <laughs> Talking about girls like, well, her nose is off center. So awful. Part of me is just like, yeah, we'll fucking show him her money. Yeah, you, you, you are deserve. bringing the most famous person in the school with you. The most desired person for anyone to go yeah. to dance with is going with you. That girl that everyone is treating like shit. The guy that this gaggle of women yeah, is Yeah, everyone like wants to be with him. In the and library. he asked her. It's such a moment of empowerment. I feel good about it because I'm so mad that this girl... Because he's going to get his. It's dealing with it. It sucks because Ron did have this great 
moment of redemption with Harry. Already we're now in this thing where he's being misogynistic. Simply the note of like her nose was off center. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's how the chapter ends is Harry hoping that Padma's nose is center because he doesn't want Ron to be upset about it. One, that's not your problem, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. Two, these girls are also described as two of the best looking, well, they're twins, so whatever. Two of the best looking girls in school. I don't know if it's extra hard being a girl who definitely went through that time where I was like, yeah, everything about me is not attractive, you know, but I'm also a girl who still feels that way, like 20 years I later. I mean, hey. Don't we all have those? I go through that a lot, right. too. You know, I talked to earlier about speaking of like dating escapades and everything, like I have been very unlucky. I have been very inconsistent and everything. And so a lot of times I've sworn off because of the same sort of stuff. Like in the LGBTQ community, it is very, very harsh. Gay men are, are expected to look and act and be a specific way. And personally now at 34, the way that I look and act and behave is better than most because that, that, that is a very like proud gay thing to say, <laughs> speaking of. But the most important thing is to just embrace what you already have and who you are and not have to go into the like peer pressure and the image stuff that is projected on you, whether you are a girl or a gay or a little bushy haired 14 year old girl. Right. I wonder what would have happened had the author been capable of opening their mind and understanding a little bit more about different people and maybe encouraging more diversity in sexual orientation. Hmm. I was watching you choose every single word perfectly. When you said the word capable, I was like, imagine that. Imagine that if she was capable. Right? I like that question. I think that we just leave it at that and say, yeah. hey, listeners, write in. What do you think? Already, we've talked about Seamus and Dean being gay. I ship Seamus and Dean. I still think Harry is bisexual. I think Harry recognizes Cedric. He probably at some point would consider Ron and it's like, no, it's too close. I think fucking Moaning Myrtle is pansexual. Oh yeah, definitely. She watches everybody who gets up in that. Ginny was another one. Mm -hmm. We made this uh, I think Percy is gay. Percy is gay. Percy is gay. You think we, we, you think we discussed <laughs> Percy being gay? Percy's gay. I know we discussed Percy being gay. They I call him like, the head boy because he loves sucking dick. I think I listened to some interview with Chris Rankin. Who Chris Rankin is straight, whatever. But I think Chris Rankin also said he thinks Percy is gay. So, I mean, the actor who played the character, he gets to have a say. Oh, uh, Penelope Clearwater, you're just a beard. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think we could ship some of these professors together. A Trelawney and McGonagall. I don't see that one. There's another podcast I listen to called Better Friendship Through Podcasting. Yeah. If anybody is familiar with Adam Ellis, who's a popular illustrator on the internet, he's one of the hosts, and I have a gigantic crush on him too. But he and his friend Kristen Rossi, they just talk about topics and they come up with hypothetical questions for one another. It's very fun. And they have a Harry Potter one. One of their very first episodes is, and they talk about their Hogwarts OTP. Mm -hmm. And one of them, their OTP is the old broads of Hogwarts, McGonagall and Trelawney. I like it. 
Field of Broads of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there's room for that. The other thing that's missing from this to make it more realistic, people deciding, no, I'm not going to go with anyone. I Harry didn't have a choice. Just going with my friends and a bunch of girls just hanging out, getting dressed up and having a good time. Like, there's no indication that that happens. That is kind of weird. You know, it's funny because in the book, at the very beginning, there was something about, you know, Lavender Brown was like giggling in class, mm-hmm. but McGonagall was still like keeping it strict. There was even a thing about like letting your hair down and they were like, McGonagall never let her hair down in her life. Some of that also might be the culture. Like in that moment, it really made me think of Madame Maxime. The respect that Madame Maxime commands and like Mm -hmm. McGonagall being very similar to that because we all know that she's that bitch, so. She's 100% that bitch. Oh, yes. She's the one that Lizzo warns you about. (laughs) Fuck, Mary kill. Speaking of, like, judging people and judging ladies, we're gonna fuck, marry, and kill three ladies that are asked to the ball. I can't even wait. You're like, three ladies? I'm like, oh man, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) Cho, Fleur, and Angelina. Wow. I I feel like this is another easy one, personally. Oh. All different ethnicities. They're all very appealing in their own ways. So, I, and I, I love her. I think I'm gonna kill Fleur. That's my answer too. From this point in the book, she does still have a bitchy reputation. And I'm not interested in her yet. Me neither. That will change, I think, in the coming chapters. But yeah, Fleur is the killable one, I think. And I have a feeling that her answer is going to be the same. I think I'm going to fuck Angelina and Mary Cho. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, Angelina's pretty fucking great. I mean, Cho is... Total marriage material. She really is, and she's, she's lovely. She's such a sweetheart. And as we're about to go into the movie, just the girl who plays her in the movie is so Oh my god, amazing. perfect. She's so adorable. And speaking of adorable, Angelina is too, but Angelina- yes, she fucking is. She's hot. Is fucking material. She's also gorgeous. The Y'all know I don't like too. big old spider pusses, but I know when I see a beautiful lady. All the women who are in the movie are beautiful, and I- would actually not really ever want to kill her because she's like, lovely. Like, we're but, talking yeah. about like in the in, <laughs> in the circumstances. Wow. But yeah, in fact, I have to choose someone. But yeah, I mean, I could flip it the other way too. I think I wouldn't be mad about having... I mean, I can speak French. Sort of. I took French 20 years ago. I have six years of French under my belt and I can't really say that much. I only have two years under my belt. Yeah, I mean, I could also marry Angelina and fuck Joe. So Fleur's dying no matter what. Now, if this were later in the series, I think my answer would be probably different. If over the end of the series, I'd be marrying Fleur. Kill, Kill Cho. Yeah. Um, and I like Cho a lot, but, uh, you know. Listen, Fleur deals with some shit, and she's awesome. Yeah. She a good wife. Bill better be treating her nice. Uh, she, Bill does treat her nice. I know, I know it. If I, I ever it. hear about it, I'm coming We already fucked Mary and killed the older Weasley boys, too. We so I personally feel like we need more Cho. I may have already said that this episode. I would like to see her out of this context. Speaking of out of context... Tara said this the entire time when we were watching the movie. She was like, this happens later. This happens later. What the movie did was they consolidated all the teenage angst into a little nugget. What you said earlier about women in droves, there is a gaggle of fucking Ravenclaw bitches. Oh my 
God, Ravenclaws are bitches. And I'll turn in unison and give Harry a dirty look. And then two minutes later, the other bitches in blue do the same thing from the Bobaton. Bobaton bitches. First of all, Harry's a champion. No one is nice to Harry through this whole process except for the twins. Cho. And then Cho. Other than that, everyone and, else well, is an asshole. Cedric. I think Cedric was a gentleman too. Oh, and everybody who's a main character. Yeah, but for the like, most part. But in the book, it's definitely indicated that people want to go with Harry, and in the movie, they're just like, ew. Yeah. In the book, it's more like his anxiety takes over. Right. Which is why I like it. <laughs> because I am very familiar with that sensation. But in the movie, it really is just Harry is a dweeb, and it's funny in the movie and everything i get it where is it cho he says she says like hi harry and he like the soup dribbles out of his oh mouth. yeah he's like takes a drink and he's looking over at her table and her friends notice him looking so they like they nudge her and she looks over and then he dribbles like that i don't mind quite as much a we, little more establishment of a harry liking yeah show needs to be there we also talk a lot about how the book translates into like an actual movie sure like who hasn't done a dumb thing in front of their crush like that and embarrass themselves there are some other moments here like when fred asks angelina out i love how it's done in the movie yeah it's a take on how it's done in the book is that a study hall Which is, uh, yeah is study it hall? is it's totally a study Snape hall runs a study hall and it's the entire fucking school this is the time when all the teachers go out back in the greenhouses and they smoke weed. And Snape's like, I don't need weed. I'm the potions master. I have a whole bunch of concoctions to fuck with. Right. So he's like, I'll look over. Snape, Snape. always runs the study hall. So, yeah. So this is where he keeps on like shoving their heads down in their books, which is weird. It's weird. Again, Alan Rickman doesn't have anything to do in this movie. Mm -hmm. Other than say ominous things about Harry in his low, beautiful voice. Yes. And this is a bit of a departure, but I need to mention mention this now because when she said this I was like another character who doesn't have a lot to do in this book because his entire plot line was ripped out of it is Neville and so this is where Neville's like ooh I'm gonna give it the ladies by learning how to dance. oh yes Neville and his little dancing arc it's yes. very cute it's a little but dorky I, but, I, but I don't want that I want his storyline exactly really quick going back to study hall the moment where he does ask out Angelina mm. I just love how Angelina turns and she's like what the fuck do you want <laughs> and he's like he does the pantomime you me dancing and she's like fuck yeah I will you and know she's like I already fucked all your other brothers she's <laughs> at uh, another Weasley <laughs> that's very well done and again I'm not against them deviating from how things are done if they're still done I guess very weird since we're truncating the whole chapter of Hermione being like like, you won't go with someone because they don't look good or whatever. I do appreciate her hissing at them as she leaves the room. Someone did ask me and I said yes. Fuck you, Ron Weasley. In the context of changing it that way, it does work well. Speaking of that, and speaking of Hermione, because of course Hermione ends up going with Crumb. Throughout the book, not just this chapter, but there's always this group of girls stalking Crumb in the library. Mm -hmm. So in the movie, I do like this transition where he's like running on the beach and these women are following after him because it's through Harry's eyes. Right. And then he looks over at Hermione. Also, let fucking Crumb go out on his jog. A group of eight girls or something following after him. Don't you guys understand how 
strange that right. why, why would he ever want to go with people who do that to him? Yeah. It's the same way. thing. Like, the movie almost portrays these groups of girls, whether it's that group or the Ravenclaws or the Bobaton girls or whatever. It portrays them like Canadian geese. Canadian they're, geese. They're either, like, judging you or they're chasing you with lust in their eyes. And then the main big culmination in the movie, I think, is when Harry asks Joe out in the Owlery. I like it because Harry doesn't have to pull her away from her friends and be judged by all of her asshole Ravenclaw friends. Ravenclaws, man. So far in this series, y'all aren't making like... Ravenclaws just don't have time for anyone's shit. Other than show, so far we haven't really seen a Ravenclaw that really jumps out as being like... I cannot name a single Ravenclaw that I like other than... Gilderoy Lockhart. That's that true, guy. Flitwick is cool. Quirrell, Penelope Clearwater. Yeah, like, she was a bitch. None of them come off as really great. I mean, we are about to meet Padma. All so of Padma's that. moodiness and stuff is earned. Of course, next book we meet the greatest Ravenclaw of all time, but... Trelawney is technically a Ravenclaw. Of course she's fine. Like, she makes missteps, of course, but Trelawney, I'm always gonna love. In the scheme of the books, Ravenclaws really aren't portrayed in a great light either. And when you think about it, Fantastic Beasts is about a Hufflepuff. The Curse of Child is about Slytherin. These main books are about Gryffindor. Ravenclaws are kind of shit on. I almost wonder if for the fifth book, that's why Luna was introduced. Because I always kind of wonder, like, why didn't we get more Luna earlier? By the fifth book, obviously, there was enough of a fan base where people were like, why the fuck aren't there more Ravenclaw goodness in these books? And so that's when she was like, ah, I will write a cool Ravenclaw into the fifth book. Right. And she and shall be called Luna Lovegood. And you're like, well, where the fuck was this bitch before? Yeah. <laughs> Ready for my points? Yes. Eh. <laughs> oh, you gotta give some points out no, for some bravery. I'm not giving out any points. For being adorable. I'm not giving any points. Here's wow. the thing. Anybody who would get points, Hermione, Harry, Cho, Crumb, Patil Twins, any of them will happen in upcoming chapters. Okay. For the same reason, this chapter should be renamed teenage angst there are some cute moments there are some heartwarming moments does anybody do anything remotely worth five points that are equivalent to the fat lady being like excuse me my door is open and you're gonna come in no so no points that's right my thing was one word in a reaction and my points are zero that's how much i care about this chapter moving on next time we will be reading and discussing, not reading and discussing, chapter, only discussing. I do that every single fucking episode. Chapter 23, the, the, the one before the ball, the fucking time to get lit. No, it's literally called the Yule Ball. It is called the Yule Ball? Yeah. Oh, because next time we're going to have a special guest. Yes, we're going to have a special guest. Stephen Ostertag. Yes. Y'all know him. Speaking of, speaking of Ravenclaws. Speaking of Ravenclaws, we will be having a Ravenclaw who we don't hate. That's right. Maybe he can give some insight on how Ravenclaws are written like bitches. They really are. So, see you next time with Steven for the Yule Ball. Bye. That's right. You know what? Let's end this one on a joke as well. Well, you better be telling jokes because I'm not funny. I know. That's what you said last time. So, this whole chapter was about hormones. What's the difference between a hormone and an enzyme? What? You can't hear an enzyme.
Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.